Steve. Hey, Steve. 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 Hey, Steve. Oh, man. Oh, man, Steve's not here. I can't podcast alone. What am I going to do? What am I going to get? Oh, wait. This year, when I try to bring back the Ramblecast, I try. I, I recorded some stuff with some people. I, I recorded stuff with Steve. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Um, Sucker Punch. There we go. I recorded Sucker Punch with our buddy Nico, and it was, uh, or at least a discussion about Sucker Punch. Yeah, it was a good episode. Good discussion. Not very good audio quality, but it, it, it ought to do. It ought to do. So, all right, let's get this rolling. Let's get this rolling. Sucker Punch. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Ramblecast. I'm your host, Chris Cesarano. I'm Steve Costas. And I'm still Nico Friesting. Uh, today's film is Sucker Punch, and I'm going to warn everyone that we will be discussing spoilers. There is not going to be any kind of a rundown of the plot, so if you haven't seen it, then sorry, we're not going to catch you up, but if you haven't seen it, then you probably don't actually care, and maybe the podcast, spoiler or not, will actually get you interested or convince you to stay away. For what it's worth, it was a, it was a spoilery review that got me, that, that, that tipped me over the line, made me decide I wanted to see it. So there you go. Um, and I'm going to start off by saying I, I enjoy this movie. I'm not going to say whether I think it is good or bad because I can't really figure out whether it is good or bad, but I do find it entertaining. Uh, I actually turned up a quote from a review that I read about it recently that I rather liked. And I I, I like to put this out here. I think this is I'd like to at least have your you guys you know, degree of agreement with this with this statement. I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, Sucker Punch was criticized for being just another pandering male nerd fantasy, cynically pretending to somehow be feminist by making its fetish dolls into action heroes, when in fact it's actually more like a condemnation of pandering male nerd fantasies that cynically pretend to be somehow feminist by making its fetish dolls into action heroes. Unfortunately, that kind of self-satire is very difficult (laughs) to pull off, and the movie's ambitions far exceeded its executions. A little further in the review, he says, there's a danger in, and I'm trying to head some, some criticism <laughs> here in the past, there's a danger in ascribing negative artistic intentions to a film or other work because it approached difficult subject matter and didn't quite stick the landing. Because often enough, its actual aim may have been the opposite of what you assume. Um, and he's putting this in context with movies like uh, uh, Starship Troopers, which was similarly excoriated mm-hmm. when he came out for being a big you know, fascist pro-military movie when, you know, obviously, obviously I say, because I was totally taken in by that too. When it obviously, <laughs> it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's an indictment of, you know, machoist military, uh, fa- you know, fascist military movies. I, that's actually, that's an interesting, uh, I think we wouldn't, we wouldn't get to that angle of it until later. Um, I feel like, um, that's partly an issue that that Zack Snyder has had in several of his films. Um, I was thinking about Watchmen, where what you have at the base is a story about the uh, deconstructing this glorification of violence and and superheroes and all this other things and deconstructing the superhero, essentially. But then at the same time, um, it's a movie that 
um, really makes a character like Rorschach seem like the hero. And it, and throughout it actually sort of fetishizes some of that violence that it's supposed to be condemning. Um, and, and it, and it ends up glorifying some of the heroes that it's supposed to be deconstructing. Uh, it absolutely does. It's a real that one's a real problematic film, and I think Sucker Punch is problematic in a lot of the same ways. I will agree with that, uh, and I do want to save Watchmen like deeper Watchmen conversation for another right, episode. Right. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, oh, no, no, definitely. I I just thought it was it was an interesting comparison for me because you have this reading what what Zack Snyder saying about the movie and what he was trying to accomplish again it seems to stand completely opposed to what actually happened in the movie you know uh, I'm a terrible person because I haven't actually read what Zack Snyder has said uh I just watched the uh extended ed- edition right before recording this so what does Zack Snyder have to say about what he was trying to do with the film yeah I don't know this one either Actually, I pulled up a quote here that um, is actually really apparent um, watching the film again after reading this, and even just the way he opens the film. He says, everything in the movie is about a show within a show within a show. Someone asked me, why did you dress the girls like that in those provocative costumes? And I said, well, I think about it for a second. I didn't dress the girls in those costumes. The audience dressed those girls. And when I say the audience, I mean the audience that comes to movies, just like the men who visit a brothel. They dress the girls when they go to see those shows however they want to see them. Yeah, well, okay, and so, I mean, if this is, if this is an indictment of, you know, like the cinematic male gaze, um, you know, or, you know, condemnation of pandering male nerd fantasies, etc., which, which is why I brought that quote up. It's not, it's not entirely to see, you know, whether or not you guys agree with it, but more if you guys do agree with it, how well that came off. And much of my problem with Sucker Punch, and, and let me say, I really like the movie. I really like, I like the movie behind the movie. I like the movie that they were going <laughs> for, you know. Um, and, but, you know, and, and much of my problem with the movie is, I think it undercuts itself in a, in a lot of ways. And with that, I'll agree. I think Zack Snyder has that habit a lot, partially because there's a lot of ways he gets so, uh, overindulgent. Like you mentioned with um, with Watchmen, like he's trying to make this realistic, or at least more down-to-earth superhero film based off of a more down-to-earth uh, graphic novel. But then he'll have a fight scene where our supposed good guys are not only beating up these thugs, but like bones are breaking out of the skin. And it's like... And I understand in some ways how that can fit in with a lot of what that film's story is going for, what the original comic story is going for. It mm-hmm. feels the execution of it is more, hey, man, isn't this awesome? Isn't it great? Isn't this just awesome to watch? Like, awesome. <laughs> because, I mean, I think Zack Snyder really does enjoy that kind of content. I think he does find it kind of awesome. But there's <laughs> a definite... It's what makes it so weird in sucker punch because he immediately <laughs> follows up all of that. Isn't this awesome with, you know, who else thinks it's awesome? These gross guys, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's, and that um, is, that is kind of the shame of it. Cause I'm sitting there for most of the action sequences. I really enjoy the choreography and everything. I think it's actually some really good action, really good fighting. And I think most of it, but not all is very well directed. 
But then at the it's, same time, you're right. It's like, wait, am I supposed to be entertained by like, does he want me to enjoy his movie or does he want me to feel guilty that I'm enjoying his movie? But the funny thing is I actually feel like I got something very different from it upon this viewing, maybe something a bit more positive, which is I kind of saw it in a lot of ways as the, I guess the therapy and in some cases power of escapism. Cause every, every time she falls into one of these fantasies, you know, and it's very clear with baby doll, like what is baby? Like they talk about her dance. They talk about what she's capable. Like if anything, she's the person that is in a lot of ways, most confident. She comes up with a plan. She's going to do this. Like, and every time she comes up with these things, she's digging down into her subconscious. She's going in, she's escaping into this fantasy to find the courage, I guess you could say. And when you contrast her with the character of Sweet Pea, who is much more in the now, who's much more pragmatic, she doesn't fantasize about escape. She just focuses on pure survival. Um, she seems to be the kind of person that's kind of just, I guess the best way to put it is, even though she doesn't seem downtrodden, she also doesn't dream. Oh, God. She also doesn't dream. Sorry, my brother mustn't realize that we're recording tonight. So I th like to me, like on this recent rewatching, I feel I felt like the like on this recent rewatching when it came to the whole sexual alphas kind of a thing, I felt like that was only a part of it. Um, like part of like taking this like taking something that technically. They, again, like they're in this brothel situation and everyone is kind of like all these got men go in there and want they're to not really own these women. Well, it's not really a brothel. It was really a madhouse. We know this. This is real interesting. You're talking about escapism, right? Which yes. and I think I, th I think we've got kind of we've got a little bit of a, a positive. Well, there's a bit of a positive tension to that because I. I, I, I I'd it call be... it it's 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 escapism it's maybe it starts as escapism but i think it edges into something more pathological um i know i uh, in the the third dance um which is the one in the which is the one in the kitchen right when they're looking when they're looking for the knife and uh you know at the end of it rocket gets that is technically not the third dance because the first dance is her solo fighting the samurai warrior guys you're right the you're second right it's dance a fourth is world war ii yeah. is world war ii which is because it feels like the third dance but it's act because it's the third item it's the, the third list. mission it's the third mission right. dance it's yeah ha ha yeah you have the tutorial dance then you have the mission dances yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> i well I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not making that up, right? Like they're they're deliberately putting the video game stuff in there, right? Zack Snyder right. likes anime and video games. I think it's pretty clear. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, well, I mean, also, you know, considering the audience that he's, you know, you know, Targeting? appealing to yeah. slash constructing, like, you know, I mean, sure, video games. That's a big deal to us, right? Um, anyway, uh, but anyway, in the in that. During that sequence, uh, in the kitchen and stuff, and this is the one where, where Rock gets stabbed, right? Um, she goes into her uh, she goes into her dance. You know, they do the train stuff, the robots, and all you know, and whatever. And then they like she snaps back, 
out of it when the spark gets off. attacked. Well, and then there's, not, a, then there's a little bit in there. Hmm? It's not so much when Rocket gets attacked. It's when the, the water hits the power cord for the radio, the broken wire. Right, and the radio, it, you're right, that, the radio goes the off. She, stops, so she, she gets falls out of out. it. But the thing is, she immediately falls back in the moment Rocket's about to get stabbed, which I think lends itself to it. Because in a lot of ways, instead of witnessing what's really happening, she's falling deeper into this fantasy. Well, the thing, well, well no, and that's the thing is the th she goes right back into the fantasy. And the thing is, is that, I mean, up until then, I think it's kind of sold as the fantasies are her subconscious thing that she goes into her dance with you know it's ironic when uh when sweet pea goes oh well you know mine you know mine talks about me like you need to feel something and mine is personal know. yeah well we're all going well that's what that's what the inside of her head is looking like right and she's expressing that and everybody likes it because it's you know her samurais or dragons or whatever right Except, so it seems to be deliberate, here where she goes right back into it. And you would think that she would, like, you'd stick around and you'd finish the scene out in the kitchen, but she doesn't. And I think it's, you know, it's gone beyond just escapism and it's into, you know, actual, like, dissociation. Mm. Um, another, thing that, another thing that it brings up, mm -hmm. uh, this is something that I read in one of the reviews, was somebody pointed out that, okay, so, she, you know, she's going to an asylum in order for, to, like, her escapism from the asylum is friggin' a brothel? What? Yeah. Like, you're just trading one jail for another? Um, it's, you know, I mean, it might be, I mean, it might be kind of, it, and it's weird, because it's idealized, it's like, you know, it, it's where she would rather be than an insane asylum, but that's, I mean... You got your whole imagination to play with, and you know, the first hmm. place you're going to go, the place you're going to hang out, is the brothel, and you're going to escape from that with, you know, f fantasy nonsense. That's so weird to. You think? I'm wondering if that's, and maybe I might be reading more into it. Is there's a? I feel like there's a sort of idea, um, and I don't know who came up with the idea that, to some degree, that. Um, Men, men gain their power over women from their physical strength, whereas women gain power over men with with sex. So I don't know if maybe that's an angle of that, where where in the in the well, brothel I, I, uh, you're you're physically oppressed, but but because of your your sexual power you are. Um, you have that over the men in the brothel that you in some way control the men in that. I don't know. Well, I still that get might... the feeling. Mm, I still get ahead. the feeling based off of the movie's ending and when the orderly is uh, trying to kiss baby doll and everything in the reality, in the reality setting, he's trying to kiss baby doll after she's been lobotomized and he's unhappy with it. Um, I think he was still arranging it so that these girls who are insane, so who would believe them are still being essentially raped. I think he is basically selling the ability for people who, I don't know, they never really go into it, but does it really necessarily matter? Um, the fact of the matter is these women are being violated 
and therefore it's in, reinterpreted into a setting where I guess it's contextualized or at least contextualized in a way that kind of makes more sense or in a way where there's at least a little bit more freedom because at least people don't, even if people think you're objects, they don't think you're insane. I mean, this is, this is of course giving Zack Snyder a lot of like basically explaining the movie for him in a way, but (laughs) well, no, no, no. I think, I I think if he does anything, he even, he even undermines that. Um, I mean, and I I think to his credit in this case, I mean, because look, look, I mean that like, Yes, that's something that that's something that we we kind of like to justify justify this whole thing with. I mean, he's not, and and I'm saying that deliberately because he's not letting you off the hook for that. You know, um, you know, there's like you know, there's like sexual strength with women, except it's not in there. Like they're still being vi- you know, they're, I mean, they're still being you know, they're still being victimized, they're still being uh, uh, um, abused, and while while you know the sexy dance that baby doll does which incidentally is all that she does yeah um it, well, everybody else does all of the like the you know the pilfering work um it doesn't work everybody dies except sweepy who you know yeah. wasn't real into this idea to begin with and um I, one of the implications of this i mean i and again i just like i just read this this review and it, this review and it, and it it acknowledged you know it acknowledged the the um not just the feminist undertones but but actually kind of characterized the feminine like the feminism within it in that baby doll is this third wave you know is this third wave sex positive you know you know we're going to own our bodies hmm. um you know sort of feminism which has gotten a lot of crit you know which has gotten a lot of criticism from um you know from, from other older feminists and I think that part of what the part of what the thesis in the film here is that you know so baby dolls that you know the other girls are the other girls are kind of trying to decide what sort of philosophy they want to end up following. Sweet Pea is the you know Sweet Pea is an old school old you know Sweet Pea is an old school failed feminist. She's like she's like we can't no this whole escaping thing is a bad idea. It's going to get everybody killed, and I don't it's, it's going to get my little sister killed i don't want my little sister killed i don't want her you know latching onto your goofy funhouse you know sex pot girly feminism because it doesn't it's not going to work and it's going to get you know and it's just going to hurt us even more um anyway i I mean i think that's where i think that's where he's trying to go with and i think he's trying to justify her by keeping her alive at the end and then you know and you know getting her on the bus Hmm. um but i think you know, but I think that skepticism is real important. I think, you know, and I and I think, um, and I think he thinks it's necessary. In fact, even, you know, so say I mean, so all right, I mean, you don't know really nobody gets off the hook. Guys don't get off the hook because you know guys got to get get off the hook because you know, you know, because we're still being you know, drooling idiots no matter what we say about these girls, you know, dressing up <laughs> and being strong or whatever. But the girls aren't getting off the hook either because they've got the wrong idea about all of this. Now, see, the funny thing about that rant you, you, you just had, or monologue, <laughs> however you wish to call it, um, funny thing about a that ramble. is... A ramble. It's a ramble, ramble. Chris. Yes, it is. It is, isn't it? We're going to cast it later. <laughs> oh, hooray. You're a dad. You anyway, can... yes, about that. <laughs> um, 
See, the funny thing is it actually gets into one of the things that I did pick up on, because you, you do mention, of course, Sweet Pea and her sister. And I think that's one of the things that I started to catch on with this viewing that I never did before, is I really think the arc of the film, like Baby Doll's arc in particular, like if you strip away all this stuff, like with the, the fantasies, the escapism, the the burlesque or whatever, and consider what Baby Doll's actual character arc is, I think what you end up having is a very barely touched on story of Baby Doll could not save her sister. So she's trying to save all of these other girls. And the only sure. way she can manage to do that in the end is to sacrifice herself, which is why she's peaceful at the end, because now she's rid of the guilt. Like evidently it's haunting her. Like one of the things I noticed is where does her sister die? Her sister's killed in a closet by her stepfather. When she saves uh, rocket rockets in the, cl- uh, the closet of the kitchen being assaulted by the cook. Mm-hmm. Then towards the end of the game, I feel like there's another something with a closet later on, but then there's sweet pea at the end of the film. She's stuffed in the closet where she's not allowed to get out or whatever. And she grabs yeah. sweet pea out of there. And it's like, I think Zack Snyder, and this is part of where, again, like I think there's good stuff to Zack Snyder, but this was definitely a first draft that needed trimming because, or at least an early draft that needed more trimming and editing because this kind of arc and these kinds of things are lost within all of the focus on these other elements that I do wonder if they kind of distract from what at the core, like, cause otherwise, I mean, what, what are the characters really? You basically get like, if any of them has a personality in any way, it's honestly kind of just sweet pea. Even baby doll herself is kind of bland. Hmm. I mean, well, yeah. it's weird. They have, yeah, it, well, yeah, no, oh, baby dolls, baby dolls. It's weird, yeah, no, she's central, but she's a, she's totally a cipher. It's it's weird because they do have roles of a sort in the fantasies, like uh, but they don't uh, necessarily line up with their personalities within the Bravo fantasy. Within the, well, and this is and and I and I think this is a big problem. I think this is this is my central problem with the movie is that really honestly a lot of the fantasies needed to have been reworked. Sure, um, and I would definitely say, and especially by the last one, the the action in the last one is way too much. Slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up, and you've seen so much yeah, that Zach kind Snyder of action. Is Zack Snyder? But I feel like it, it either you've seen enough of it by that point that that, and I, I forgot that even when I saw it in theaters by that fantasy, by that action scene, I was getting bored of it. And even now watching yeah. it, I was getting bored yeah. of it. Yeah. So even I think it's also the, it's the most generic and boring of the fantasies as well. Um, and yeah, and it, I, I agree with that too. The, the, the find the third or fourth, whichever you want to call it, the dance mm-hmm. um, is definitely, the kind of a letdown compared to the other ones, which compared to, you know, flying well, they, a B 52 and fighting I'm a sorry. dragon, you know, just well, the interesting <laughs> thing, the interesting thing is if you pay attention to what the mission parameters are, which I guess most people wouldn't because the, um, I guess the guardian angel, I don't remember his actual name. Um, his, his dialogue is a lot of nonsense and totally not words of wisdom. But 
his the mission is to stop this explosive before it reaches the city and detonates. But the mission completely fails because that train goes into that city and the city gets destroyed. So I actually like that parallel that not only did they seemingly fail the mission in reality, yeah, reality within the burlesque, which let's face it, the burlesque is probably the most accurate to what's happening in reality. Um, so chances are whatever the plan really? is, I would, I mean, I would guess so. Oh, the, oh, well, okay. Comparatively the most accurate, but I, I, I mean, I would imagine I, 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 I get the feeling because we only ever get to see, you know, the beginning, the, you know, the very beginning and the very end, the very end. And at the, the end, you get to see that the orderly still got the knife wound in his shoulder and stuff. Um, right. And that's the thing. Like, I would guess that, okay, this is sort of what happened. Rocket actually, like, Sweet Pea's sister was killed in such a kerfluffle because of the messed up mission. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in that regard that it's actually interesting that the the mission does have that kind of, in, in the action dream, that it has that kind of a parallel with how things turned out. That it's like everything was a failure, except somehow they still get the knife and put it under the drawer, despite the fact mm. that it was a complete and utter well, failure. Well, was the the sort of perceived mission was to retrieve the knife, um, but maybe sort of, you know, depending on, on perspective in the movie, maybe the actual mission was to save Rocket from getting stabbed. Oh, oh no, definitely, definitely. Well, the the so that's, mission being for everyone well, to get out alive. It, it's interesting because right. that because that's that's the fantasy that doesn't that, that fantasy doesn't involve a knife, like the, the others. You know, like the first one. You know, the World War Two fantasy. You know, the World War Two mission is for a map in the trenches. You know, yeah, they, which the, is the map. The the, you know, the next the one mission, is for they, the is for the stones for fire, and then there's the fire. Yeah, it's like the code name knife something or other. Like that's how they get. Yeah, but the. It. They give it the code name. Oh, was that? Oh, 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 I, oh, oh, I missed that. Okay. <laughs> no, and that is actually um, something I, I picked. Like one of the more uh, it, to to jump back a bit. One thing I will give credit to Zack Snyder is at this point I was still recent off of my film arts class from college, so I was just learning to still early into looking into film cinematography and narrative and stuff better. And I think Zack Snyder is a good bridge director for that because he, and especially this film, he does try a lot of deeper stuff. And if you're trying to learn how to read film better, this is a good film for that. And Zack Snyder's stuff is in general, but once you get more film literate, it's clear that he's not great. He has potential to be great, but again, yeah, it's, indulgence it's, and it, other it's stuff. It's fun to pick up the parallels, but I think it's yeah, I think it's not a real good film for that. I don't think he's consistent enough with it. No, he's not. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I, you know, I feel like it would have been strengthened if, you know, because the girl, you know, in the in the brothel, the girls all have their own, own mission to do. You know, I think it would work if the fantasies reflected that. At a little bit more. Well, um, and it's not just that. It's like, again, like her character arc, again, is I think it's, tr I, I think the character arc they were trying to go for for Baby Doll was ultimately starting with 
you know, okay, she could not save her sister. So mm-hmm. she's going to try and save all of these other people until finally she's able to. And again, the 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 way they sell the lobotomy. Oh, that's right. Because did you either of you guys have either of you watched the extended edition? I I believe so. The, my most I, I know recent, I haven't. My most recent viewing was the standard one, but I have watched the extended edition. Okay, the ex- I think the extended edition tries to make. In some ways, it makes it clearer. It did on this viewing, at least towards this read of Baby Doll's arc. But one of the reasons that I think it's very good that they cut it is within the bra- uh, the, the the brothel burlesque fantasy, the high roller is played by the same guy that is the doctor that gives her the lobotomy. And right. the way they play it out is he wants truth. He wants her to be honest. He doesn't just want her to pretend like whatever, like he's, he basically, it's like, this isn't just a, you know, typical hookup. He's not just going to use her. It's going to be actual lovemaking kind of a thing. And in that read, you know, the the way the lobotomy is done with the needle, you know, penetration, haha, blah, blah. Um, but more so, it, it's her, he, he, he's saying, like, I'm going to remove, like, his lines are, I'm going to get rid of guilt, I'm going to get rid of sadness, I'm going to get rid of regret, um, all of these things, which effectively is what the lobotomy does. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, what, Zack Snyder's trying to do with the rest of the Bravo stuff and empowerment. I think this scene, because again, like I get what he's trying to say with it and the parallel he's trying to make that now, you know, baby dolls save sweet pea. And now she can finally give it like, I get what he's trying to do, but I think it's clumsily handled. And I think it was a good idea to cut in the theatrical edition. Yeah. It's, um, see, I, I, and I say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's a well, it's a, if in a movie about escapism and a movie where you have you have not just you have a an escapism section uh, where you have you know an escapism within escapism, a dream within a dream to escape from reality. The lobotomy isn't that in some ways the ultimate escape. You never have to think about any of this ever again. Um, and what you're going back to the start of the film, the, uh, the step. Oh my God. Nobody escaped. Nobody got out. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't hold it anymore. Nobody got out. <laughs> Nobody got out. Baby, baby, baby doll doesn't exist. Wait, what? Yeah, no, no baby doll doesn't exist. And nobody got out. <laughs> Oh, no, okay, no. Are you talking right, about how yeah, the opening sure. is a stage okay, so, play? So, you, so the whole, so the whole thing about baby dolls, about baby dolls arc, right, is like she's you know guilty and trying to make up for not saving her sister. You know who else didn't save her sister? Sweet Pea. Yeah. In other words, when, do you think baby doll was Sweet Pea? When she goes into the, when she goes into the 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 fantasy, the brothel fantasy. Baby doll does like she goes. Into, you know, there's like the, there's that quick little montage of her being at the, um, of her being at the the asylum, which ends with her in the chair about to get lobotomized, and then and it flashes over and she gets out. And who is who? And it's not sweet or it's not baby doll in the it's chair. It's sweepy baby doll. In right in the brothel. 
now so mm-hmm. okay so you might okay so uh, uh, the you know the, the visual the way it's sold is it's kind of equating baby doll and, and sweet pea and you know like yeah, this weird pea, sort of pea. like co-identification with, with that well the thing is is that the whole movie opens with a you know, with a, with stage curtains pulling aside yeah which makes for our show within a show within a show already it already started it's not well like we're not seeing anything real and i think what has hap- what happens is that like all of this that happened is is sweet pea makes up um baby doll like that's her guardian angel and she gives her this little back backstory that's resonant with her you know um and i think she's and i think it's one of these like dying dreams things that she has while she's in the chair it's like it's not baby doll turning into it's not baby doll turning into uh sweet pea in the dream it's sweet pea dreaming it's sweet pea believing that she's baby doll and using the and like like properly coming out in the dream so, Maybe? so baby doll is baby doll is tyler durden god no shut up <laughs> now Maybe Nico, because one of the things to recall is one. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder because when Baby Doll arrives at the asylum, when it's still theoretically, you know, reality, she arrives and Sweet Pea is on this little stage with the therapist, um, and she's sitting on a bed, and it's much like the opening of the film. The montage we get with Baby Doll's backstory, and then yeah, when Baby Doll dives into this brothel origin, it's kind of a recreation of Baby Doll's arrival. And in the asylum, Baby Doll and Sweet Pea, their eyes do meet. Which, if we're believing, and that's the thing, like the the guy even slips a line, the orderly even slips a line that you know the whole stage theatrics or whatever it's supposed to be a form of therapy to try and help them even in in the um Mm -hmm. in the 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 asylum that could lend to that simple eye contact no matter what's going on it could be yes sweet pea looks at baby doll and constructs this fantasy you're right constructs this fantasy in her head because that's the thing yeah she's in baby doll's place once again to the brothel fantasy and her one of her first lines is even that she's the star of the show, so implying yeah. that. I mean, early on, she implies that she is the main character, kind of a thing. Even though the way the movie plays out, it doesn't seem that way. And you well, know what? That also yeah, right. Lends, well, no, and I and well, even when you get to when she escapes at the end, like quote unquote escapes. It's all still very green screen. None of it looks very real, which could just yeah. be Zack Snyder or it could. Oh, well, you know I think, what? no, I think that, I mean, I think it is Zack Snyder, but I think that's deliberate. I think it's, it's like it's not supposed to look real. You know what? It, that might be true, because one of the things that I noticed was, you know what it looks like? It looks like the color scheme. It looks like the ha- in lighting. happy ending of Brazil. Hmm. Well, okay, I wasn't going to make that kind of a jump. I've never seen Brazil. I was going to say it looks like the the what? Light, oh, okay. The lighting, the the light filters look the same as they do in all of the um 
the the action fantasies. Like I noticed that everything, and maybe it is part of that video game thing, especially of the era, where everything's like the the brown in like the World War Two. The mm. like the only one that's not brown is when it's baby doll fighting the samurai and it's all snow. But World War Two, it's all brown well, the, and, and dirt. And, and Dragons all brown the, and dirt. And the, the train, the it's train's all, a whole bunch of. It's a whole, a whole bunch, bunch of brown. Teal and teal and orange. Well, then what? Yeah, teal and orange. What, but then. What do you see when she gets herself a dress? It's all the teal skyline and everything, teal grass, teal brown, everything. And then, yeah, when she's on the bus. And that was one of the things that had me, too, is try. I feel like whoever it is that baby doll sees in her mind, the 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 guy. What's the actor's name? Does anyone remember the actor's name? The wise man? Uh, which, which Scott Oscar Glenn. Isaac? It's Scott what? Scott, oh, Scott Glenn, Glenn is the wise man. Scott Glenn, okay, because he's also sticking Daredevil, and he's wow. awesome. But yeah, Scott Glenn. Like, I'm just sitting there trying to figure out, I was like, who is Scott Glenn to baby doll? Why does she see this guy? I feel like there should be a line where, like, her, like, maybe her biological father, like, whatever memory she has of her biological father, like, Scott Glenn, like, represents that. But that does not work because then at the end... A friendly guy. Maybe, because that's the thing. At the very end, who's the bus driver but Scott Glenn? And if that's reality, yeah, no, and, and then it's that, just... And if that bit's real, then I, think the rest of it is, then I think the rest of it is just, is like her fantasy post all of this. And, you know, and she just populates everybody, you know, she just populates all of the guys with Scott Glenn, because Scott Glenn's the only nice guy that she's met. Basically, yeah. But that's, it, hmm... But you're right. In that in that case, baby doll, or at least the baby doll we know might never exist. But then again, it's still then like, why do we then spend? I mean, so I know that just flies <laughs> my theory of like nobody escaped and everybody, you know, everybody's dead. But, um, but then, I, you well, know, I mean, the even thing. then, I think it would be, you know, perhaps that's a, then, perhaps that's another thing. Perhaps that's something that again, like Zack Snyder, like this film script needed another draft, and that's where I feel like in a lot of ways what. Zack Snyder needs is one someone to help him stop being so self-indulgent and two someone <laughs> to help him refine his script because again like this there's a lot of stuff that this could do better and especially like because one of the things that I like about the action fantasy scenes is that like Amber and Blonde like everyone's got a role Amber is the pilot Blondie's the heavy weapons and of course Rocket uh, Sweet Pea and Baby Doll are the mains I guess you could say they're the main foot soldiers. They do all the, they basically do the same kinds of role. Um, weapons and guns and slaughtering hordes of guys. But Amber and, and uh, Blondie have much stronger assertive personality. They have more personality. It feels like, because then when you get into the brothel fantasy again, their attitude and dialogue sounds like someone like just some like Zack Snyder sitting at his computer saying, okay, what do girls talk like? (laughs) (laughs) That's just the impression I get from those characters. And it doesn't, it doesn't really help them much. Uh, Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. But then they have this. Well, I mean, I think that the, I I mean, I think that the, fantasy to be trying to be deliberately like guy aping fantasies you know i mean they're you know they're you know they're they're you know they're all in these you know mission oriented things like they're all doing you know they're they're pretty much always soldiers all the time you know 
I, I think actually this is another big weakness is if part of the reason that all of the fantasy bits feel real samey is and I guess maybe they did this maybe he was doing this deliberately like I, I don't know like you know the guys are you know the guys were you know guys who were ogling these you know these chicks are are you know you just you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of uh, a lot of imagination like it's just I mean it, you know dragons or robots on a train or something like it's all the same thing like I think it also it brings everybody. us you get the thing it it brings us kind of brings us back to where we started too I feel like where um where if you're you're trying to establish the aesthetic of a video game. You have this sort of dichotomy of the male characters in the video game, uh, you know, are represent a male power fantasy. This is, you know, mm-hmm. not always, but just in generally speaking, especially going back a few years, female characters represent a male sex fantasy, essentially. So, but what you have is you have the these women dressed up like the male sex fantasy doing all of the things from the male power fantasy. Uh, and I think it, it's sort of, again, yeah. it, you, you get, you get just mixed up with, is he, is it really trying to, to be, is it trying to, to flip the tables on you? Or is this just, is there really nothing deeper than what it's presenting to you? Girls in well, you, skimpy outfits. Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I refuse. Awesome I refuse to get too deeply into that discussion for several reasons. One of which being, I've known and do know currently several women of several different personality types that would feel very differently from each other on the subject. Some of which hmm. would watch these action scenes of Sucker Punch, would look at the outfits, shout "Hell yeah, give me some of that." And then others that would find it repulsive or others that would just find it met. Like there's so like, and I think that's one of the like, there's only so far you can discuss with, is this empowering? Is it pandering? Is it? And the fact of the matter is it can be both because, well, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, I think the male reactions have been, you know, have, you know, have been just as divided and just along that same spectrum. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people who go in and go, yeah, no, this is freaking awesome. And, you know, people who go in and go, oh, this is freaking awesome. Oh, hey, you're making me feel bad about it and get real mad about it. You know, and people who go in and go, oh, hey, that's awesome. And now you're making me feel bad about it. That's really clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, now I got to think about that or something. Right. Well, people that just uh, go in and be like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. this this is um, uh I got another Zach. Zach well, Snyder's. I mean, oh, I, I mean, that's. I, this is. A, I, I feel like this is a movie that really that 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 like that demands a deep read. I think even a deep read doesn't work. Like even with a deep read, it's not a great flick. No, it's not. But I, I think this is the this is the sort of movie that if you if you look at it only only superficially, you're gonna hate it. Like it's a it's a. Like, there's nothing, I mean, you know, simply about it. Like, there's not much, there's not much to it. I mean, you know, the best you can be is like, oh, well, that was a fun afternoon, you know. And it, and it just relegates to another, you know, into the, you know, into the pile of mind is action flicks. Nah. Um, I can go with that. Yeah. No, I, I definitely you know. agree. I think there's a deep read. Uh, I had another uh, quote from, from Zack Snyder queued up here. Um, he says... Awesome. 
He says, the girls are in a brothel performing for men in the dark. In the fantasy sequence, the men in the dark are us. The men in the dark are me, dorky sci-fi kids. Sure. Yeah. No, so know. is this supposed to be like postmodern dude guilt? Like, I don't know. Oh, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> think, I mean, well, okay. You know what? I think actually, I think the way that the movie, I think the way the movie finally comes out. And I think this is, this is the problem is yeah. Ultimately it is. Um, I don't, th- and I don't think it has to be. Um, I think, I, 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 I mean, I, First of all, you know, I mean, you know, superior superiority guilt is I find just not interesting in art. <laughs> it's hand-handed and preachy and, and and ultimately not very useful because then you just come out and feel bad and go, oh, I now I feel bad and plainly this guy hates me and other people like me. I guess I don't know, but but I think you know, but I I I, I think. You know, I think if this movie had been made better, <laughs> you know, just with, you know, with a you know, tighter action, you know, with, with, you know, with, with tighter, more evocative action scenes, um, with a bit better parsing of the layers of reality and what they, you know, what they were trying to imply, um, it, it would have, you know, it would have been better. It's one of those things. I mean, again, you know, I mean, satire, especially when you're talking about satire of exploitation, is really, really hard without factually falling into exploitation. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think basically, I think another another excellent example of that is is natural born natural born killers, which I think is which I think is a pretty awful movie. I see what it was trying to do, but it mostly just came off as you know crass and exploitative you know was all the things that all the media stuff that blames the media for yeah i mean i think ultimately and i, I mean... think to an extent a, a better extent but i think to an extent that's that's <laughs> that's what happened with with sucker punch as well nico yeah. yeah i think ultimately any discussion of the meaning or intent or anything else of this movie we're just basically going to end up in a big circle that's going to bring us back here it's there was a deeper point and it just got lost in some bad movie making decisions. I think so. Cluttered yeah. movie making yeah. decisions. Just cluttered there. Yeah. Cluttered confused. Yeah. Like th- there were certain things that needed to, like he needed to really figure out what his focus wanted to be. And again, like if he really wanted to have that character arc with baby doll, he needed to emphasize it more or make it in some way that we understood what baby doll wanted beyond freedom. Cause when you think about it, like her sister just kind of, once you enter the brothel, it's like, you, you just forget about it. It's no longer part of her story. And yet like, mm. like again, watching it and thinking back to the use of closets and some of the other callbacks and again, towards the end, like the whole removal of guilt, like I think that was supposed to be, and again, like you have, again, you have Sweet Pea and Rocket, and you also have what might be more of a stretch, not necessarily intended, is what what happens in the fantasy for the fire. You go, they go in, they kill the young baby dragon, and the mama dragon gets pissed. Well, not quite an older sister, younger sister relationship, but you still get this female 
dragon but movie. a mother and a child <laughs> yeah i mean again that yeah, one oh, oh, I, stretch, I, I, but i mean I'm, I'm i'm just it's a potential intended parallel but i'm not going to put words in zack snyder's mouth and say that's what he was going for he might have just been like dragons are awesome oh no i think it was more conceptual i mean i think yeah. she's like that like i i mean i think she's deliberately killing a mother figure like she's kind of excising her femininity that in fact in fact indulging in this sort of you know like indulging in this sort of fantasy trying you know even if you're trying to use it to you know exploit you know exploit the predatory males or whatever like it's still indulging in this fantasy as a pander like you 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 know you 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 cut some of yourself out you cut some of your identity out like that you know she she doesn't get to be a mom somehow anymore Hmm. not a mom specifically i just mean she doesn't like she loses an aspect of femininity by doing this yeah yeah that's how i read it i mean i (laughs) Yeah, I think there's again there are there's clearly some attempt at at symbolism of the things that they are fighting and destroying in in the the third level dream fantasy things, but I the action sequences I just I can't quite tie it all together. Yeah. I I feel like I I feel like the the symbolic vocabulary that he uses he's not is is a, he he handles a little too sloppily it's sloppily and it's also the fact that it's simple and, and and like one thing i notice as well like in the background in one of the scenes um when rocket's just showing baby doll around the brothel setting one of the brothel rooms has a dragon painted in the background it's like oh hey mm-hmm. maybe there's other hints decorated elsewhere if there are they aren't quite as noticeable and it's just like mm-hmm. In the beginning of the film, you notice there's all the ravens and the crows and stuff at the gate to the asylum. And then you notice there's a bunch of uh, ravens and crows at the, oh, what is it? Uh, it's not called a, what is it? It's not a Torah, right? It's um, the samurai when uh, there's the temple, the samurai mm-hmm. in the big courtyard and the, um, the temple. Yeah. But then there's the, um, the, it's not a gateway, but it's the, the arch thing. Um, oh, God. Yeah, it begins with like a T, doesn't it? That's okay. We know. I we know what you're talking about. All right. Yeah, they're like right. ravens yeah. and crows and everything gathered around there, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Is every one of those that the crow like do they do the crows and ravens mark a gateway kind of a thing? Well, you don't really see them again until the end of the movie, and the first time you, they're even mentioned, they're mentioned in terms of guardian angels and stuff like that so i think he's using like this imagery for a reason but he's not consistent enough throughout the film like again like i wonder if it's indulgence like he's Mm -hmm. learned he's picked up from a lot of things and i know he like even beyond anime and video games like I, i remember my film arts professor discussing you know being surprised that for Zack snyder one of his go-to films to fall back on was always the searchers which is an old john ford uh starring john wayne western film which notable at its time chances are if you show it to a millennial they won't know what the big deal is um well they're but, silly horrible people the search is a fantastic film <laughs> but that's the thing like it, it seems so very not Zack snyder but that's the thing like he's got he's got enough film knowledge and background that I think he knows how to use 
mise-en-scene and such like that. But I don't know if he's disciplined enough to pull everything in together with a tight focus. Or if he's just, as he's going in, he's he's thinking, you know, it would be cool if I did this. You know, it would be cool if I did this. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that going on with him. And I don't, I, and and I'm and I'm willing to give him that. I feel, I I, I do feel like he's still immature. I th- I I I like Zack Snyder. Well, I mean, I haven't seen the the Superman stuff, but um, <laughs> but I've seen the stuff. You know, I've seen the stuff before that. I like Zack Snyder, and I think and and I think he's got a. I think he's got a great film in him somewhere. I think he made a stab at it, and he got close. But but I don't think he's done it yet. Well, I can I can tell you right now, you it's not Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, I I, no, I no, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I got a feeling we still got a couple more to go through. When it comes to Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, my, firstly, my issues of him needing a writer weren't necessarily fixed. Um, though studio involvement is still up in the air, especially for Batman versus Superman. But I think y- you see that he. He makes movies that are great to talk about because they never fulfill their own promise. Hmm. Or at least that's how I, like, I feel. <laughs> I feel the most fun to talk about. <laughs> I feel the very similarly about Man of Steel as I do Sucker Punch, but Sucker Punch is definitely a more interesting film to go back to, which is interesting because I figured getting someone like David Goyer on board for Man of Steel might help him have a more complete consistent vision not really but i i I think his main problem is zach zach snyder's still still pretty studio yeah i i I, that's the i and i I, I can't talk about it i can't point at anything in particular but i just feel like but his movies just have this like guided feel to them you know you know what it kind of reminds me of um, Chris and I can be appreciate the, the music discussion. I can't think of a specific band off the top of my head, but it reminds me of some of these, these sort of more, uh, more radio pop metal bands. And they would list off their influences and say, yeah, like we listened to Iron Maiden and Sabbath and Metallica and, you know, all these, you know, whatever rattle off great, great bands. And when you listen to them, you can say, yeah, that's a cool thing he did there. And, oh, that, that does actually sound a little bit like Iron Maiden. But in the yeah. end, it's just like studio overproduced pop metal. It's and safe. It never, it never actually is Iron Maiden. It's just. Yeah. Or, it, or, even, it has those or even whoever that, it is. Well, like, it, I don't feel like I'm seeing their stuff. And I don't feel like I'm feeling. I don't feel like I'm seeing Zack Snyder's stuff. Like, and that's I, actually where I feel like I feel like Sucker Punch is the closest we've gotten so far. And I'm actually, yeah. it's funny. I'm actually hoping that he does get kicked off of the Justice League and all that, not for the same reasons as everyone else, because everyone else just everything wrong with these movies they blame on Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder alone. Um, not for that reason, but more because I'd actually like to see him do something original again. Yeah. And, and see if he has gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a and... killer visual style. I, I, I really, I really like his look and I and think also, it could go 
was something. Uh, and not just not just the look. Something that's that struck me more that I've been I've been kind of keeping an eye out in his movies now is his use of music with the visuals. Oh yeah, um, the... and I, I would say especially Sucker Punch is a great example of that. Yeah, where mm, yeah. the soundtrack is is always spot on with with what's happening visually. Sometimes uh, too. Did, did you notice? Those... Did you notice the? I was going to say, sometimes it's a little too on the nose, and I'm particularly thinking of Watchmen there. But for the most part, no, you're you're totally right. Like, especially with the Sucker Punch. Like, if any, if this film gave us nothing else, it at least gave us a really awesome soundtrack with really good covers of really good classic songs. Like, yeah. I think that's also... That's well, you'll notice there's all women doing the covers, too. I know, yeah. Or, I or at, least in, or at least in the... In the, uh, in the, in the uh, in the mission fantasies, like the mm-hmm. soundtracks are all are all women cover women covers of mostly male sung originals. Are they? Because the the first one I could think of is the, the two that stand out to me most are the um, no. There's two. There's the, two the, from Jefferson Airplane. Okay, because the the fir- the ones that stand out to my mind are the most are the White Knight, which I believe was originally sung by a woman, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and that's then uh, "Sweet Dreams Are Made of These," which was again sung by a woman originally. Originally sung by a woman. Yeah. Oh no, you're right. You're right. Okay. So maybe yeah, it's yeah. just a mixture, but like those two songs, I recall being originally sung by women. But you're right. It is. No, you're, no, you're you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. But either way, you're right. It is basically women singing these songs. Either way, um, that's something I didn't even think about. Yeah, uh, and that's that's something that. Um... Not to not to get off on a huge tangent. That's another hour of discussion here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a good uh, movies, uh, film, and and video games both have this opportunity. I think where we ask, you know, is is this film art or is video games art or whatever? But you have this opportunity to take art, other art, music, visual, etc., and smash them all together um where you have these sort of incredibly artistic moments in what might otherwise be a kind of you know 20 percent on rotten tomatoes what you might consider other to be otherwise a, a failure 24 percent in the case of sucker punch <laughs> oh <laughs> oh yeah but whatever okay. it is <laughs> but you sort of you can yeah, say nobody uh, likes that movie. <laughs> I mean, except for film geeks. <laughs> you could say on on the one level it's an it's an artistic failure in that critically it's just. But on the other hand, there are these these pockets, these moments of of great art happening um, visually, orally with the music and and in the in the use of those two medium together. Um, I think there's, oh, there's, there's something to be said there. Definitely. And there are a couple other directors I could think of. The first two that come to my mind are uh, Edgar Wright and uh, Nico's mm. favorite, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> but... Man, we're, it's still too early. It's, it's, <laughs> you're lose listeners. <laughs> I mean, I know I put it up on the, on the doc. But I think it's something we're gonna to want to pull build to. We're just gonna to have to tease that. It's like, and by the way, 
Nico's opinions on Quentin Tarantino are coming. Actually, no, I think in this day and age, it's probably cool to hate on Tarantino. But <laughs> oh, good. Well, that'll be the first time. I've now you'll just be a hipster. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Great. That's just what I was like. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I, oh, I think it's the worst thing before it was cool. Everybody writes it and tells them how how right I am. <laughs> I don't but, handle that at all. No, either way, um, I think we've reached the end of the discussion on Sucker Punch. Because, um, again, like we're, we'll probably just end up going on in circles about different aspects of the film. But, I, I mean, I think it's very clear. We covered the important points. And you know what? Thanks to this discussion, I now have a new potential read on the film, which is, does Baby Doll even exist? Or, or possibly that those last visions of Sweet Pea's freedom are the last thing going on, like the only thing left to baby doll post lobotomy. Dude, you, you gotta, you gotta see Brazil, man. Like now, you gotta see Brazil. I, I, okay. I, I, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It, the, the parallels are pretty, the parallels are pretty weird. Would not surprise me if Zack Snyder's seen Brazil. So, uh, no, Zack Snyder, it's apparently it's one of his favorites. No, it will. Oh, uh, there you I go. Mean, you'll, you'll see, you'll, you'll, you'll see, you'll see pretty quick. All right, but that will not be our next episode. Our next episode will be a mystery. So partially because I don't even know what it will be. So, all right. I wasn't um, sure if the next episode was going to be like a mystery. Like, like we're going to do a mystery episode where we talk about mysteries and the whole episode is a mystery. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Look for clues. Well, I mean, if we're going with the mystery box and we tie it to J.J. Abrams, which means, oh, no, we're talking The Force Awakens. Oh, crap. No, I don't think we're ready for that yet either. Fair enough. Because I already read it about that enough. And Steve, I guess you're going to want to be on there, aren't you? To tell oh, me yeah. That. We're going to have to be – we're going to be like the opposing forces on that one. We're going to need a, a referee for that discussion, I guess. See, you started with I opposing forces, which means, you know, light side, dark side. You said you wanted to go with we need a Han Solo. Hmm. I, I can Han Solo. There we no, go. I, I really can't. I freaking hate the second trilogy. <laughs> everything about it is Wait, wrong. Every, the second tri- define second trilogy. The 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 one that George Lucas directed. Okay, prequels. Okay, the prequels. Yes. Yeah. The that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. And no one here is going to defend the prequels, but I like the Force Awakens. And Chris had other thoughts about the Force Awakens. I did. It's quite interesting when my brother's telling me I, I'm being too rough on a movie. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's enough inside baseball for now. Um, all right. Uh, but no, I think uh, unless everyone's already hit stop already, uh, again, thank you for listening. And I hope you tune in for us uh, next time when we have an episode where we talk about stuff. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Oh, good night. Oh, man. That was actually that was actually a good conversation we had last year. Man, man, that was a good episode. I'm glad I brought that out. I, I'm glad I lost Steve. Oh man, uh, well not next week of course, but man, I should get Nico back on here. We should talk about more, more movies and stuff. But oh man, look at the time. Oh crap, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah.